The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. If you're any kind of carnivore, be it part-time, full-time, following the carnivore diet as a meat-only eater, maybe keto or any kind of variation of those, the chatter and controversy around eating too much meat is a constant one. Plant-based ways and views can either vilify eating animals or be somewhere in the middle of you do what you want and I'll do what I want philosophy. The eat meat camp can be just as strong as the do not eat meat camp. I'm not sure if it's fully understood that the saturated fat and nutrients like B12 that come from meat is actually essential for our bodies, leaving the question of how much is too much more on the table. I know hardcore vegans who have had health issues that plagued them for years and years and only saw an improvement when they changed their diet to including meat, broths, and then also some animal fats. So there's definitely something to it. There are health benefits to eating meat that can't be replicated by a plant-based only diet. Because I'm not saying ditch the plants and go hardcore carnivore, as in only meat and no plants at all. But there's a sweet spot somewhere in the middle there. But I do know that people that thrive on a healthy animal fat protein diet and they feel the best they ever have in their lives. So there's definitely something there to it for sure. All that protein, the essential B12, the iron, the specific amino acids of creatinine and kerosene, the omega-3 fats from grass-fed meat and from fish, and all the saturated fats that are crucial for overall health, well, that means something. Now, because you're listening to this, no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, while you're maybe eating some mish, some some mish, some meat and fish, I just made up a new word. How awesome is that? <laughs> <laughs> understanding what gives you the healthiest and the best bang for your buck and knowing some of the marketing pit pitfalls and what are those to look out for will give you an advantage as you make your next purchase because there's no two ways about it meat is more expensive than all the veggies and we know that it's not the best thing for mother earth so there are two areas to focus on and feel good about choose well but also how to successfully buy local so today on Eat This with Leanne, myths about meat and choosing the best that you can. And we've got a really interesting guest today, Greg from True Local. It's only taken 76 episodes, but you're finally speaking my language. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking meat or mish. Uh, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've now, I've now, uh, the Eat Mish t-shirts are on order. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> 
Where's the mesh? <laughs> I couldn't have done that if I tried. All <laughs> right. It just came out that way. True. <laughs> now, I've been vegan. I've been vegetarian and a meat eater at various different times in my life. After starting my nutrition training in 1999, I very thankfully gave up meat with an excuse which meant that I didn't have to suffer my mom's overcooked pork and beef any longer. <laughs> she was an excellent cook, and so I have no idea why or how she managed to cook meat so much so that it ended up with a texture like shoe leather. I can remember as a kid chewing pork chops for what felt like hours at the table and then trying to wash it down with my, you know, glass of milk because that's what I had to be on the table at every meal, and it just wouldn't go. I had like a cheek and a pocket full of this meat and kept shoving more in my mouth, thinking that it would just somehow make it go away or make it better. But, oh, I just, I just remember that so, so well. Becoming vegetarian, well, that was kind of interesting. And then vegan, even more so. But I didn't find that I felt that good on it. It ended up with all sorts of other food sensitivities, too. I think it was soy and oats at the time. So I do think that Dr. Peter Diadamo's theory that my old blood type needs animal protein, I think it's actually really bang on. It took a few years for me to eat chicken again. That's where I started and even longer to eat red meat, but really only after I found grass-fed beef. Well, that's when I started to feel a bit better about going back to eating the occasional steak, which I have to say tasted really <laughs> good. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it and does. Then, yeah, and it actually made me feel quite good. And then also going back to having the odd burger from the barbecue. But I'm really picky about the meat that I eat, not your just typical burger. I make sure that it's grass-fed beef. That's because you got PTSD over your mom's pork chops. Oh, my God. I just like, how did she manage to do it? Okay, I wait, don't know. Wait, did she boil the meat? Because there was a no. time that people boiled meat. I think I was too young to remember exactly what she did with it. All I remember is this piece on my plate thinking, oh, crap, here I we go again. I can't tell the difference between the meat and the plate. I'd rather eat the plate, Mom. I mean, she's British. She's British. So I guess she's, you know, she has that going for her or not. But oh, like total PTSD from all of that. And then when I kind of found that, oh my gosh, steak can be juicy and buttery and melt in your mouth. Beautiful. Oh. That was just, that was such a game changer. So yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. And everybody else is listening to this going, <laughs> finally, the nutritionist is on board with the meat stuff. I love it. So during the time that I was vegetarian, I could have been super low in B12, which is an essential vitamin for brain health and energy production. So much so that I take methyl B12, it's a spray that you can find on spreadright.com every single day now because I know that my body needs it. That whole methylation piece is a whole other episode, but if you know that you're a non-methylator, it's got to be the methyl B12. Vegans, well, they often become deficient in B12, iron, zinc, vitamin A, D, and so many more. Like plants have some of these things in them. They have some of these nutrients in them, not something like fat-soluble vitamin A or D, but it's way more bioavailable from meat. So having meat in your diet can actually be a super healthy option. 
Now, there are many myths out there. There's these terms and these phrases that you read on the packaging and you think, oh, I'm doing a really good job. Look at that. I bought better. And of course, what you buy, you want to know that you're making the best choice. But what those terms, those words that are on there, what exactly do they mean? And then, of course, there's something to be said for buying local. Maybe you don't visit your local farmer's market. And if you're not, then how can you make sure what's going in your cart and ending up in your fridge, your freezer are the best thing that you can do? So knowing where is it that you can go, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to find local. Do you drive out to some farm country and see where there are signs, you know, how they kind of put them on the fence sometimes, like yep. lo local eggs and all that kind of stuff? Like you might be able to do that once or twice, but probably not so sustainable. I found someone who can actually speak to us about these topics and have really done a lot of the work for us. Now I'm going to welcome on Greg Quayle. He's the vice president and co-founder of True Local. He and his partner founded this company in 2016. Greg was raised on a dairy farm, uh, so he's intimately familiar with the ins and outs of life on a farm. He helped create True Local to bring farmers and suppliers into the digital age, expanding their reach beyond their immediate communities and those plaques outside, you know, on on their fences, and link to customers that really want this local high quality products. So welcome, Greg, to Eat This with Leanne. Thanks so much for being here. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what on earth brought you to co-found True Local? Yeah, thanks for having me, Leanne. I really, really appreciate it. I love being able to come on and talk a bit more about, you know, healthy eating, about, uh, you know, buying local, supporting local, all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, True Local started back in 2016 with you know, myself and my partner, Mark. And our main goal at the time, uh, actually, we, our previous career was actually still in the meat industry, but it was to create a better company that um, more people could use, especially if they don't have you know, local farmers out there to, to shop sustainably with. So yeah, we, we went out and found our own farms in Ontario here, and we wanted to find meats that were super hard to find, but that everybody's looking for. So your grass-fed and finished meat products, your pasture-raised chicken products, uh, you know, wild-caught fish, um, even though that's not 100% local to Ontario, obviously. Um, but we just wanted to be able to offer an amazing service that really told the story of the farmers, allow more people to understand why buying local is better, um, experience better quality meat and have an amazing service to go with it. That That's really why we started it um, and what people have really grown to love about True Local. Amazing. And obviously giving access to people who wouldn't necessarily be able to find it. Exactly. You know, the world, they say the world's shrinking and, you know, you know more people than you, you did before. But I would say that's quite the opposite on the, on the local farming standpoint. I wouldn't say a lot of people actually know many farmers around them at this point, no. unless they're unless they're shopping at farmer's markets, but that's yep. still a select few people. And we wanted to bring local to everybody in Canada. Congratulations. And thank you for starting this because it is something that's really needed. And a lot of people, I think, just get really stuck on, okay, I really want to buy local, but how do I do this? So this definitely has bridged the gap, I'm sure, for so many people. When we talked um, before organizing this, you mentioned that there's a bunch of meat myths and misinformation that's out there. So can you talk us through some of those top ones? Because I know that I, I'm always informing people about how to make better decisions. So this just fits in perfectly with everything that Chris and I normally talk about. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so many out there and uh, and most of them are unfortunately marketing myths that people kind of attach to the local farming actual terms, but it's just not the case. I always like to start off with uh, the easy one, which is, you know, grass fed, right. which everybody's looking for. But what they really need to be looking for is grass fed and finished. Mm. Um, it's that and finished part that actually tells the whole story because um, every single beef cow out there has grass in its diet at some point of its life. So okay. just by default, they can all be labeled grass fed because that's all it takes. That animal has to eat grass like one day in its life, right? Um, grass fed and finished, completely separate. Uh, means it was raised on grass, finished on grass. There's no corn, no grains, nothing else in their diet whatsoever. That's something that we offer, but we also offer, you know, the grass fed and corn finished because we feel like there's, um, you know, we, we want to give our customers choice. Uh, right. And we're not going to tell you what to eat. We're just going to provide the best of every product that we possibly can find uh, from a local farmer in Ontario, as long as it is, um, you know, something that's going to be healthy at the end of the day versus what you're getting in a, in a supermarket or, a, you know, a grocery store out there. A big one too, more on the terminology side of things. And, and trust me, I was still and sometimes still confused when I say them in my head, but uh, that's the point of all this when it comes to the terms is free from antibiotics versus antibiotic free. That just yeah. seems like, aren't you saying the same thing? I, I, You know what? You would think that I am, but uh, unfortunately, they are like binary opposites. Wow. Um, free from antibiotics is every single piece of meat in, uh, in Canada, actually, um, because by law, even if you did raise animals on hormones or antibiotics, if they're allowed to have those in their systems, they there is like a 14 to 21 day wean off period before processing that allows um, those antibiotics to become almost not detectable by the test that happens after. So yeah, free from antibiotics means that it was raised on antibiotics, but weaned off towards that, the end. For that 21 day period? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you're not actually avoiding antibiotics in the system of the animal whatsoever. They're already been there from day one. Uh, But antibiotic free, the exact opposite, it means they was raised without antibiotics at all, period, the entire life of the animal. Um, And and the reason why we don't go more into the hormone side of things, because, um, you know, our Canadian government is kind of nice on two of the animals. Um, Hormones are illegal in chicken and pork. So for anybody that didn't know that, if you know your chicken and pork is being raised by a Canadian farmer, you should be good to know that, you know, you're not going to have to deal with the uh, hormones. You'll never see hormone free on our pork or chicken products because what that does is it insinuates that some other farmer out there is using hormones during the raising of their animals. And that's not that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to be very specific about all of our cuts. So we don't blanket statement anything. We don't say all of our cuts are X because they all come from separate farmers that do a little bit of different things. When it comes down to it, unfortunately, those terms are super, super confusing. And uh, whenever we talk about products that do allow hormones during the raising, we say we have, or they're coming from farmers that have no added hormones because every animal naturally has its own hormones. So that's why Ah, we're not adding. Okay. With all that said, then when you're choosing something like say from a farmer's market or from a supermarket, then you really have, you've got to ask the right questions. And just to go back to the grass fed versus the grass fed and finished, does that, the corn at the end, what, how does that change the meat? Is it just taste? 
I would imagine it's a lot of new, a, lot, a big change in nutrients. And as you said, cows can just eat grass for one day in their life and you can call it grass fed. Exactly. So most beef is corn fed or they, they'll say grain fed, right? Right. Um, and that changes the profile of the meat more so in the fats of the meat. Um, yep. a- animals are processed on a weight basis, not a time frame. Like, hey, you've hit, you know, 18 months old. Now, unfortunately, it's time for processing. No, it's all on a weight thing. So, and corn is super heavily subsidized by the government. So it makes it cheaper to raise animals as well. But at the end of the day, a corn fed animal is going to have a lot more fat on it. Mm-hmm. And those fats aren't going to have the same health properties as, let's say, a grass-fed and finished animal, where it's only eating grass, you're getting high omega-6s, omega-3s, the fats are actually better for you. Right. And there's even some cancer-fighting fighting properties uh, in that type of meat. Even grass-fed corn finishers, which is something we offer, is finished on corn for like the last uh, two to three months. That's still substantially better than, um, than having a grain-fed animal from the beginning. And is there a difference in taste? Do your customers find, you know, do you get feedback that, oh my gosh, this tastes so much better than, you know, the 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 one that I buy in the store? hundred percent. That's basically your right of passage as a new true local customer. You are experiencing truly amazing flavored meats right. um, because when they're raised properly and processed properly, processing plays a big role in it too. Uh, okay. You're going to get a much better product than something that goes through the I call it the national supply chain, which is the supply chain that goes to your grocery stores. We work on the regional supply chain, and we're actually trying to bring that back in a big way, um, where it goes from farmer to butcher to you, not from, you know, a massive farmer to a massive processor to um, massive supply chains like the grocery stores out there. The food processing is so massive on on the national supply chain, and the regional supply chain is where all the quality is at, because... It's coming from smaller farmers, going to smaller processing uh, to usually with us, actually always with us, like family run butchers, properly processed without any adding any, you know, I like to say ingredients that don't need to be in there all the way to your front door with us. So it's, I think it's a much better um, way to get your meats when you're getting it on the regional supply chain. So are you uh-huh. finding that the there is a market for the small farmer still out there? The reason why... It's still thriving is because, you know, more people have gotten more information about the larger industry out there, right? Right. Using massive farms, the sustainability of it, um, and just following it all the way through with the chemicals that go into it and the preserves, all that kind of stuff. So as long as people can remain educated and they keep looking for those facts, the small farming industry is always going to be thriving. It's just Mm -hmm. on a monetary basis. Farmers uh, that get into the bigger supply chain sometimes end up working to make more money mm-hmm. um, and things along those along that nature. And as soon as the government gets into anything, most of the time it gets screwed up anyways, because they truly don't fully understand how that's naturally supposed to work. Um, and they make it work on the on the grand scale, which is totally fine. And I think, you know, both need to happen at the same time because we have a lot of mouths to feed these days. The small local farming supply chain will always be uh, one that's going to be around because these farmers actually still sell all of their meats. They have an amazing customer base that, you know, they, they take more time to learn about what they're eating and they take more time to find those foods. So mm. uh, once they do find them, they're sticking with them. And that's what we actually find with our true local customers is 
they usually came to us for a couple of reasons. They're trying to find these products and now they have, and now they, they just stay with us because not only are they enjoying the experience of getting food delivered to their door for the first time in their life, they're able to know the farmer and not have to put in the extra 50 hours of work to do this right. on a regular basis to get it, get these products to their door all the time. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. See, so you're, you're, yeah. you're basically, you're solving an, an access issue. Right. That's what True Local really is, is doing. It's it's allowing access to these incredible farmers and their products. I agree with you there. We try to make True Local buying True Local easier than running a food grocery store. That's literally what we're up against. Right. It's it's right. that um, that lifestyle of, hey, I need to get something. What's easier to do? Is it yep. easier for me to run to the grocery store every single night that I forget? Or is it easier for me to order my meats, you know, one time per month or one time every couple of weeks yeah. and know that they're in my freezer ready to go? And then yep. I can kind of control when that next box comes and what's going to be in it right that's the yep. biggest part is you get to we're, we're usually rarely out of stock on on meat cuts um so it's a much better experience than you know, running to the store and then not finding that one cut you went to the store for in the first place yep. which happens almost every time somebody goes grocery shopping <laughs> <laughs> or you see the cut and it just looks terrible not oh appealing to your yeah. eyes right yeah. so that's why i was saying whenever you're a first-time customer and you come from that supermarket shopping uh where you were getting those types of meats woo, it's like night and day for most people when they try their first bite it's like whoa i didn't know meat tasted this good wow oh that's amazing so one of the questions that i have that um actually came from a listener uh to do with meat is the different grades of meat and this is, i think is something that i guess you'd find, you know, I'm not into it that much to be choosing these things. So we've got like prime, double, triple A, double A and A. And when someone gets a steak, like that's a double A steak, why is it not as nice as the triple A or the prime? So this one I'm interested in understanding because, you know, not being the meat connoisseur <laughs> or the nutrition yeah. connoisseur, then um, yeah. Can you shed a little bit of light on that one? Absolutely. So when it comes to the grading system, um, it has nothing to do with the farmer, the farm, how okay. it was raised, anything like that. Th those things don't play a role in it. It's yep. mainly the meat to fat ratio. Oh. Um, you know, they want to eliminate any meats that have fats that are yellow or any meats that have um, you know, spots on them, like darker okay. spots. Yeah. Uh, they try and stay away from those um, or not stay away. Sorry, they grade them lower. So uh, obviously your prime being the best, that okay. has a really, really great um, fat to meat ratio, more fat than let's say a, a, a grade A, okay. but the fat is speckled in throughout, let's say the steak, for instance. It's not like a big clump of fat on the edge. And that's where the flavor comes into the meat too, right? With every bite, that's where the tenderness comes in. Fat that's where good. really the magic good. happens. Yeah, that's, that's where it's all at. And when most people are shopping, they don't really know that it has nothing to do with any external factors other than the fat to meat ratio at the end of the day, it's the biggest one. Okay, so what about fish? Because I know that that's something that um, that a lot of people maybe don't eat as much of, you know, because it's confusing. I have people that say, well, what am I supposed to get? Am I supposed to get organic? But what about the wild? But then what about wild and organic or farmed and organic and all these different terms? So <laughs> can you break that one down for us confused people too, please? Totally. And and don't get me wrong here. I'm not like a, I'm not a fish expert, but at the end of the day, yeah. I do understand the fish industry a lot better than I used to before we started to look, that's for sure. But wild caught's really what you want to eat, right? Okay. But if the entire world ate wild caught, we would have zero fish left in the ocean. So that's why they 
introduced a long, 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 long time ago, farm fishing, so they could regulate how much fish they're actually producing and 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 raise them the way they want to, right? right? Unfortunately, what comes with that is you get really good suppliers, and then you get the ones that just don't do the job the way they're supposed to. They add um, the, the 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 so they feed mainly on farm fish uh, fish meal, so it's like all the other cut up pieces from all the other fish. But you can have really high quality stuff, or you can have the stuff that's full of antibiotics going in to feed your farm fish. So it's a super confusing industry. It's mm. one of the most uh, it's it's the industry that has the most mislabeling on the planet. You might think you're buying one thing and you're actually getting a completely different species of fish. The biggest thing that actually dictates the quality of the fish. Um, other than the raisin, because that is a huge, huge quality factor right there. Right. It's how long it takes from processing to get to you where you're perching it from. Oh, really? So, oh yeah, because most people don't know this, 90% of the fish in the world are processed in China. 90? So that... <laughs> yeah. not, yeah, 90? Yeah, 9-0. Super, super high. It all what? flows through China, because if you could imagine processing a billion fish, just saving the the wages and having a lower wage to process allows you to do it at a cheaper. They're boating all these fish to China, processing them, and then boating them back around the rest of the world. So it could take three to six months by the time you're actually eating the fish that, that you're purchasing. They catch the fish no, no matter where it is in the world, off the West Coast of BC or like whatever, and then they schlep it. Like, what do they do? Freeze it? And then... All fish is frozen on the boat. As soon as you're catching it, it goes okay. and it gets getting frozen. So you have more time then to get it to wherever you need to next. The largest populations are over in Asia, right, too. So they're, they're, they're just boating right. a ton of, ton of fish over there as well, just for human consumption. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, because they're already doing that, it's no difference to put more, more fish on that boat and just create a much larger ecosystem in the fishing world. So that's why I would always say if you are looking for good fish, find your local fish shop ask them the right questions, get to know them. They'll, yeah. they'll give you a lot of good information. Like for instance, in Ontario here, we use Coddle's Catch, which is in Kitchener. Coddle's Catch is one of the best that we've personally met. And what's the, na- the, what's the name again? Coddle's Catch here in Kitchener. Okay. Um, they've proven to us that, you know, time matters. So they get their fish either shipped or flown in from BC for the wild salmon that we get from them. Uh, we do wild Argentinian shrimp that are flown in, uh, Icelandic cod that is flown in. And it's, it's literally from, from catch to when we're able to get it to your front door is usually between one and two weeks. Okay. So the whole terminology of when you, you know, go and see organic fish, for instance, and that yeah. always like kind of blew my mind anyway, aren't like they're in the water. How do you guarantee that there's not mercury content? Like there's all of those things. So even just calling fish organic seems a little out there to me. I don't know. Crazy thing about organic is that it's just another way that they're saying it's farm fish, right? Yeah. Anytime yeah. it's not wild caught, it's always farmed. There's right. just no if ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, though. There are now much better farming uh, farm fish facilities out there than there were back in the day. There's okay. there's companies that are actually taking this on head first that are, are really putting uh, the right foot forward to making sure that the farm fish that come out of their facilities has the same nutritional profile as a a wild cut fish. So they're, they're feeding it better. Um, they're oh. not contaminating the water. They're not doing any antibiotics, all that kind of stuff. Right. Unfortunately, in any industry, all you ever hear about is the bad ones. And that's what kind of makes up all of right. the, the, the fears that you grow in your head about, oh, mercury this and oh, yep. antibiotics that. You right. only hear the bad stuff 
And then you think the entire industry is that way. Right. Same way when we when people are asking about our Ontario farmers versus a documentary they saw. Well, you saw the documentary. Those were mostly U.S. farmers. Actually, probably right. all of them were U.S. farmers. And they're raising massive farms, right? We right. just don't work with those types of farms. So we just we just go, yeah, you, you probably saw a documentary and now you think you're an expert. And yeah. you are in on that documentary, but it only usually tells one half of the story anyways. Right. Oh, okay. Well, if you got a Facebook page, that makes you an expert. That's how it works these days. Yeah. And Netflix, it makes it really easy to get your, your movie up and going. So uh, that's why you've seen a lot of great, great documentaries. But again, they only tell the story of from the perspective they want you to hear it from. Usually it's you're getting a good information on that side of it. But at the end of the day, it's always good to know where I always say to everybody, if you don't know, find somebody that's an expert in the industry and start asking them right. questions versus yeah. the guy that's going and doing the same thing himself and then telling the story he wants yeah. to tell you. So when so he, when when is the true local movie being filmed and, and who's going to play? you? Uh, is it going to be uh, Brad Pitt, maybe, or Jake Gyllenhaal would be a good choice? Jeez, if you're even saying that right now, you're making me blush on this side of things. I didn't, I didn't know we'd have to go. I didn't know we were, it was going to be that high of production value just to do a true local story. But uh, but if either of those get cast, I will be for sure on scene every day, making sure they get my piece right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutBright.com or LeannePhillipson.com. So what about poultry? You know, a lot of people just head straight for the chicken or the turkey and whatever. And then you've got that free range on the label. And then, of course, there's the million types of eggs that you can get that come from the birds. So what are we looking for there when it comes to what we're looking for on the label? Free range is not a term that's even considered anymore in most uh, terminology. It just doesn't okay. mean anything. Yep. Um, so what you're really looking for is pasture raised, which is like the cream of the crop. That's the best you can do. Okay. There's no there's no lower or higher level than pasture raised. Pasture raised. Okay. Um, that's also one that you're never going to find in a store because you can't you can't raise chickens on the pastures. You wouldn't be able to raise enough of them. So you wouldn't have right. enough quantity to go around all the grocery stores out there type thing. Got it. Um, the next best would be um, free run. Okay. So free run does not mean that they are running outdoors. That's pasture race. So don't get to confuse them. Free run okay. means that the barn that they're being raised in has double the airflow, double the space of a non-conventional free run chicken farm. Okay. So a little bit less stress for the chickens, um, more airflow, which is a big, big thing. Because anytime you you drive past a, ch a chicken farm, if it doesn't you smell, smell it. truly horrendous outside of it, yeah. that means it smells truly horrendous inside of it. So more airflow is way better. Other than that, you may, mainly have overpacked barns with and some with cages. A lot yeah. of chickens that are for laying purposes are in cages, unfortunately, because they don't want them breaking the eggs and running around, do all that other stuff. They just lay the egg and it rolls out and rolls down a, a right. trolley type thing. The, the simple answer always is know the farmer, right? That's that's right. where I'll always say it. And that's yeah. our job. If you're going to ask us, what do we do at True Local? We go and we create those relationships and we know the farmer so that when you shop with us, we're going to tell you the farmer we've, we've chosen because we know the farmer and why we're using their meats in the first place. Go to a butcher or go to a, a more professional place because you're not going to be able to go to a grocery store and ask anybody really yeah. any type of question about meat they just don't know 
And, and then the big thing with grocery stores too is everything's based off of percentages. Nothing has to be 100% or anything the label. It just has to be a majority percentage. So you maybe mm. think you're buying Black Angus beef, but as long as, you know, 51% of that package is Black Angus, then they can label it Black Angus. You might get one big steak and one smaller steak and they can still say it's Black Angus type thing. I never even yeah. thought about that, that when I buy a two-pack, that if one of the steaks might not be what it's supposed to be. There's a chance. There's there, a chance. Oh. Do you know much about eggs? I don't know a ton about eggs. All I know, and this is just the way I, I eat my eggs, is I don't buy them from a store. Okay. Again, I'm in that, I'm in the farming industry, right? I, yes. I know enough farmers out there to be able to source them, but I actually, so I'm from Ottawa. I live in Kitchener. I still only buy eggs from Ottawa when I'm down there or my dad or somebody comes up here and they'll deliver me like 15 dozen eggs at a time. And I'll keep them in my freeze, my fridge for like, you know, two, three months. doesn't matter. But here's the main thing about eggs that people maybe want to know is by the time they get to the grocery store, they're already super old. They're like six months old, right? That's just how long it takes to get through the system and into a store. So when I say I keep my eggs and I can keep them in my fridge for like two, three, four or five months, that's fine because I got them from day one, basically. Right. And now they're in my fridge. So they're going to taste amazing and have that better you know, you can, you can taste something. You're like, oh, that tastes fresh. That's yeah. what that's what a good egg tastes like. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, getting something again that could be in the in the system for quite a bit longer time. Now, when you crack an egg, is there something to how the yolk is versus the white and how runny the white is in, in terms of freshness? Is there something that you can see, or did I mishear that years and years ago? It just depends what the chicken is that laid the egg in the first place. Dictates kind okay. of the level of uh, yellow for the yolk. Yeah. Cause some of them are like soup, like almost orange, right. You can get yes. like, that's like your, your far right. Yeah. And then some are like super light, light yellow. And it just comes down to what type of chicken it was and, okay. and all that fun stuff in between. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sit here and say, I knew so much about the egg industry that I could give these facts. You need to get on a first name basis with your chickens, Leanne, you know, like Greg has made the <laughs> commitment. Yeah. Yes. He's a farm guy and he, know, right. he knows where his eggs are coming from. Yep. I buy, I buy my, my eggs from the farmer's market. I don't buy them anywhere else. And sometimes my daughter, my daughter loves to bake and uh, she'll go out and she'll just get some supermarket eggs. And she says, okay, mom, I'm just going to go and get some supermarket eggs to do all my baking and stuff like that. Because there came a time where she was doing a lot of baking. I was like, whoa, we're going through a lot of eggs here. And and a lot of the time she's, you know, making it away <laughs> and making cakes for friends and all those kind of things. So, so sometimes we have, you know, two different types of eggs. I don't know why we ended up doing that, but I think at some point in time, it's a little pricey on the, you know, sort of eight fifty or whatever it is for a dozen of really great eggs going into like, how many did you need to make that meringue there? Like what? So yeah, we kind of ended up doing that. Okay. So what goes best with eggs is bacon. So when I was checking out to truelocal.ca, I saw some comment that said, oh my God, about your bacon. Like it's a, it's such a love, you know, the, the love hate situation around it, more the hate comes from the, oh yeah, I shouldn't really have it. Or even, you know, people that are vegetarian, they're like, but I can't give up bacon. Like there's just such a thing, right. About, about bacon. And, uh, you know, that'll be the number one thing that a vegetarian or vegan are missing out on. So we've got, you know, the nitrates and all of those kind of things in there. So how, like, tell us a little bit about yours and what makes a difference there. 
Yeah, I mean, we have uh, we have a lot of different types of bacon now, not just from you know thick cut to sugar and nitrate free to you know a few that have a couple of flavors on them already. But when it comes to bacon, and what I say for everything is, you could probably eat anything you want on this planet as long as you eat it in moderation, right? So if you're gonna go and toss down a full pound of bacon, doesn't matter if it was the healthiest bacon on the planet, you're still gonna not get. Yep. A good feeling in your stomach, probably after. Um, but wrong, Greg. I feel phenomenal when I eat my pound of bacon. <laughs> Wasn't uh, who said who said gut rot one time, Chris? I didn't. There I, was I haven't odd. had gut rot in forty five years. <laughs> There was someone on one of the episodes who said, oh, yeah, you end up with gut rot. And you said, oh, I know exactly what you mean. I don't remember what it was. Though. Maybe it was the milk. Maybe it was the yeah. A2 milk. Yeah, it wasn't, I think it was yeah. our uh, was our milk farmer. It had nothing to do with bacon. I, the only meat I've had a lucid dream of is bacon. So it's probably well, unhealthy. The, uh, my, yeah. my what, I, what I can totally tell you what I can say about bacon is and I was kind of hinting at it earlier is it's the processing that ruins a lot of good things. Okay. Right. So when you shop at a store, you have to, at the store needs to put in ingredients or preservatives that make it so that whether you buy it on day one or day 14 in the store, whatever the allowed period of time they're allowed to keep it on the store floor for, um, it still is going to be edible. Right. And that's where the nitrates come in. It keeps it looking good. The nitrates add all the color, by the way. Otherwise, bacon looks gray. It's the nitrates. And then, of course, they add in sugar because sugar tastes good no matter what you put it on. We're not adding any sugar. We're not adding any nitrates. So we come to the disclaimer, you know, cook up most of the package in a short period of time. Don't let it sit in your fridge for a week. Because okay. a lot of people will cook up half a pound and then cook sure. up the next pound. The next weekend, you kind of got to eat it over like a three-day period type thing because there's no nitrates in it. But even out, and this is something that's really important to True Local, and we learned this lesson early on is, you know, be mindful of what's going into the meats, right? Even our regular bacon from our Ontario butcher here, uh, Towns and Butchers, it has one quarter the amount of sugar and one quarter the amount of nitrates that you have compared to any store-bought bacon. Eat, eat what you want. I truly say that. Um, just don't overeat it. Just like, you know, water can even be bad for you if you do drink too much of it at some point. Mm, not many people get that far. Uh, it is I know. Well, so you're talking hey. like gallons and gallons and gallons. The problem yeah. is, the problem is I'm going to come cook, you know, five pounds of bacon for Chris. I don't know where he's going to stop after one pound or after five. I, I guarantee you, in his mind, all five look edible. Uh, <laughs> eyes bigger than your belly, right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I have, some, I have some big eyes. I have big. I eyes. bet you do. I know you do, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Now, just quickly to finish off. Now, when we talked as well um, earlier, uh, Greg, you had said that buying local, of course, is better for everyone. How would somebody go about finding a local farmer for themselves if they're not local to one of the areas that you supply meat from? The main thing I always like to say is True Local didn't start to kind of deliver to people that already shop with local farmers, right? That wasn't right. our goal. It wasn't to find people that love our products or love shopping with local farmers already and take them away from their current local farmer. That's okay. the exact opposite we ever wanted to do because they're already doing 
the supporting of the local farmers in their region, which is great. We love that. Um, True Local started to give access to people that don't have that local farmer either near them, which is everybody in Toronto, GTA, you know, larger cities, any cities at all, really. Um, and, and provide them with a service that allows them to still eat 100% local to the province, because that's that's what we call local, and really give them an experience that they wouldn't be able to get whether they tr- if they tried to try and do what we do on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, like we really made it down to a click of a button and you're able to eat local, which is great. So yeah. that's always nice. But to anybody out there that already says to us, oh, I shop with, you know, uh, the farmer down the road here, we say, keep doing what you're doing. If right. you can't find certain products you're looking for, maybe supplement some of your other products with a true local order. Yep. But um, but at the end of the day, I would say if you are not shopping with a local farmer and that is something that's important to you, whether it's quality aspect or a health aspect or just the fact that you want to know that your dollars are going back into our economy and really supporting, you know, the local aspect of it, yep. you should try an order with True Local. That's a no way fans or butts about that. We literally do our best every single day to make sure that the products that are going out our door are not only the best quality or, you know, have the fewest ingredients or whatever, but just really represent the the farms that they're coming from. Because although I grew up on a dairy farm, I'm no longer a farmer. I don't want to take credit for someone else's amazing work. Farmers work so hard. It's insane. They deserve all the credit. And they're the main reason why we've been able to do what we do. But uh, I, I truly think that we've also provided a really great service for them to get their meats to more than just their local communities or their farmers markets or even selling from their own freezers and their farms. We've given them access to getting their meats all over all over the province. True local, T-R-U-L-O-C-A-L dot C-A is where we're going to send people for not only a tremendous giveaway. Thank you so much for $125 gift certificate to use on their first order. You're actually going to head to sproutright.com forward slash true local for that. But also on the show notes on leannephillipson.com, there is a promo code to use on true local dot C-A that you can get 10% off your order. So thank you so much for offering that. Is there anything else that you want anybody, our loyal listeners to, to know about when they head over to truelocal.ca? Yeah. You know, I always like to kind of share my favorite products because everyone wants to try, wants to try some of the favorites first. Um, My favorite hands down product on our site is the Buffalo burgers. Mm. If I could, if someone said to me, Hey, you can't eat another burger. For the rest of your life, what's the last burger you want to eat? Maybe the Buffalo Burgers. Then there's Turkey Bacon, which is like a company-wide favorite. All of our customers ever try it. That's like, okay. they literally email us about that. Really, really love the smoked pork chops. Mm. And uh, so those are delicious. And of course, you know, you put any steak in front of me, that's always going to be right <laughs> up there at the top of the list. But I personally uh-huh. am a ribeye guy. So okay. uh, ribeyes are always my favorite. But if you talk to any... Anybody else out there that may not have everybody at the top, it's always for like, of course, right? So right. Those, those are some of my favorites for sure. Awesome. All right. I can see Chris's eyes in my Zoom screen, Zoom screen going, hmm, or actually it's his mouth watering more. <laughs> you know, I've, already got, I've already got the site up on my computer. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> just, A few clicks away and, and away you go. I'm in T-bone heaven right now. I'm just sifting through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So make sure you put in that promo code there, Chris, for, for eat this, no spaces, and then you'll get that 10% off as well. All right. All so capitals. They, all, cap- all capitals. All capitals. 
All right. Oh, I'll make yeah. I'll make I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes too. Thank you so much. All right. Well, Greg, it's been such a pleasure to uh, to talk to you about all of this, and I know that it, all of our lovely loyal listeners are going to be grateful the next time that they go and shop or just head to truelocal.ca and have a much much better idea about all the myths and the confusion and all that stuff that's out there. So thanks for enlightening us. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate Leanne, Chris. Always good to hear your bacon dreams are uh, are going well for you. But, uh, I'd love to come on any other time. And uh, and really, uh, you know, I think it's good that you know more people just get the facts about some of the That's things right. that just aren't out there readily available for them. So uh, yeah. I appreciate you letting me share uh, a little bit more about the meat industry and uh, and allowing people to learn more about True Local as well. So thank you very much. There are good scientific and health-minded reasons to eat high-quality, organic, maybe grass-fed, grass-finished even. That was something that Greg really helped us to understand. But then there's also the sustainability to all of this and knowing where your meat came from. Like, Chris, I heard that over and over again. Know where your meat and your fish comes from. Like, that whole China thing, 90% processed in China of the fish, I'm still, like, my mind is still going in circles on how on earth that happens. Well, yeah, I bought a lot of things with the label made in China before, but never my fish, uh, you know? Like, right. And he talked about that. He talked about how it's the most mislabeled industry, uh, industry out there. Yeah. There's an amount of saturated fat that's healthy, and it's always going to be debated on exactly how much that you know, what that looks like. But on episode 75, our last episode where we talked with uh, Jason Persoda about cholesterol and heart disease, you've got to know that there's a lot more going on than just eating meat equaling high cholesterol. Of course, there's that sugar, that refined and processed foods, your stress levels and deficiencies, well, they play a larger role there too. So if this is a concern of yours, head back to that episode. So as Greg said, knowing what to look out for in your meat selection, are you actually going to find what you want from the supermarket? If it's just a grab and go because you've got nothing, fine. But I think it's like a mental shift to be able to order what it is that you want and have it on hand. If you happen to fancy some fish tonight or if you think, which I tell so many clients, when was the last time you had some good fish? Because it just sort of unless you're really into it, or maybe even a pescatarian, it's just not happening as often as it needs to. So even understanding what fish to choose, maybe search out your local fishmonger and start talking to them. And I definitely feel better about understanding the industry as much as Greg enlightened us about that so that we can go out and we can buy with confidence. Now, I know I'm looking forward to buying and trying out some of the true local offerings. Chris, you've already got it up on your computer screen. And he's like, can I sit there and add to cart, add to cart, add to cart that Buffalo burger? Well, I think I'm going to have to try that just so that I can compare. Listen, in in my defense, this is what my wife does with Bath and Body Works. So I get to do it with the meat. All right. That's this is the okay. This is, this is how the relationship balances. Okay. She's got I call that fair candles and yeah. body cream and wall smellies going into her cart. <laughs> I got bacon and bacon and maybe we'll add a little bacon. <laughs> yeah, that, that turkey bacon. I can't wait for you to come back and tell us about the turkey bacon. That's an interesting one because I loathe turkey bacon yes i really I think the stuff, well, yeah the stuff you get from yeah. the store is awful stuff. like what is that it's not I, real I, like i just i don't understand it i've accidentally taken a bite out of plywood i would rather eat um than turkey <laughs> bacon so 
uh-huh. I might just try it just to because my my kids do actually like it. But I, okay. I, I'd love for them to try real turkey from a real farmer. I think that would be so interesting. In yeah. England, there's there's a, a bag of chips things called frazzles, and they're bacon flavor, but they're like that puffed. They're kind of like a cheesy, okay. but not the cheese flavor, like whatever that puffed stuff is. I don't even know what it's called. And 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 I and when I see turkey bacon, it reminds me of the frazzles because it just looks so fake and and simulated and the colors can't be real and all those yeah. kind of things. So I'm interested to to hear. Maybe I'll add that into my cart too. Please make sure that you head over to spreadright.com forward slash true, T-R-U, local, L-O-C-A-L. One word, doesn't matter if it's caps or, or otherwise. For this chance to win a $125 gift card towards your first order. So again, that's spreadright.com forward slash true local. The giveaway is going to be open until Monday, July the 26th, 2021, depending on when you're listening to this at midnight. So I'm sorry if you've missed the boat on this. And if you can't wait for that, though, this one will be going on for a lot longer. You can use the promo code eat this all caps at truelocal.ca to save 10% on your first three boxes. How cool is that? Now, I just want to say as an aside, did you know that I send out a weekly healthy love letter to my community? If you like, you'd like to kind of hear a bit of my musings and the kind of things that are going on, as well as a weekly roundup of information in your inbox, then also head over to leannephillipson.com and spurtright.com. Because while you're there doing the uh, doing the giveaway, then just chop off that little eat this on the end, and then you can sign up for the newsletter there. And then all of a sudden, poof, my just like magic, my email email will end up in your inbox every Friday. Well, thank you so much for being along as always. And uh, yeah, thanks, Chris, for the uh, for the in, for your input and your bacon, your bacon musings and, and all those things that you really like too. So we, we're going to have to have Greg back on and a psychotherapist, somebody to help me while yes. I'm dreaming about meat. Let's do that. Definitely. <laughs> Intuitive eating 101 bacon. That's it. Chris is not getting past bacon at all. It just keeps popping in his head. So he's, he's like, I'm following intuitive eating because, <laughs> because we had an episode on that along. It feels like a long time ago, wasn't I think, it? Was, I think it's great. Good. I think it's great that we're, we've become good enough friends that you're now making excuses for how weird I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's my friend, I got your back. <laughs> So if there's a topic that you want us to talk about or you feel like you need to share this with a friend, please do. You can rate this and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for being along. And please remember to, as always, eat this one mouthful at a time. <laughs>